Special reveal. I don't know if I'm going to put it in the title or not. Maybe I'm going to make it a surprise. Maybe I won't. Who knows? Anyway, um, I'm going to let my co-host go ahead and introduce herself. You might have heard her voice before on one of our previous episodes on um, education in the arts, early childhood, all that fun stuff. But I'm going to pass the mic because I'm rambling now. <laughs> Hi! It is your special co-host for today, Cheryl Okuda. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks, Brittany. Thank you for being here. We are uh, just perched in Cheryl's kitchen. We're <laughs> set up, you know, all ready to go. Um, and I feel like, hmm, I'll ask you, like I do my guests, even though you're on the show, but like as a host, as someone who's going to be sharing this mindfulness community um, with the folks that stop by and listen, uh, take a moment or two to reintroduce yourself and uh, talk about what brought you to Mindful Grooving. All right. Well, well, this question you've asked before, and I always feel like overwhelmed. <laughs> no wrong answers. <laughs> but I am, first and foremost, I was a dancer for many, 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 many years, and a dance educator still to this day. Um, and through performing and choreography and teaching, I, you know, found my way to Brittany in the dance <laughs> community in Chicago, and... Um, I feel like what continues to bring us together is conversations about this community, um, how dance 
influences children and youth, how it influences adults, um, and just deeper impact of the arts in general on the community. And yeah, I find like a lot of our conversations um, have become so deep and thoughtful and mindful that, you know, that's what continues to bring us to something like mindful grooving where we have lots to think about lots to share and lots of experience to back us up (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) we talk it but we can back it up and what I love so much about our conversation Cheryl is that they just naturally would fall into segments if you remember we would uh, I think it would be definitely after you were done teaching like for the day and then whatever I was doing on that day, because I was very freelance, still am, um, we would get together and eat, and we would just kind of, like, break down the the segments of what's going on in our world, because, you know, even with your close friends, you can't, you know, meet all day, every day, and chill, and sometimes, you know, the ebb and flow gets a little crazy, but when we came back around, it was like, okay, definitely what's going on in our teaching lives, what's going on in our personal art lives, dance lives, creative lives. Um, We would rant, Mm -hmm. definitely. Uh, Yes, just full-blown, you know, tamped down volume because, you know, we were out and stuff. But you could tell, like, if the the server came, they would kind of, like, do a (laughs) U-turn. Be like, oh, wait until they... That definitely happened. That definitely has. And, like, we are just, we're just so in it. We're like... Yes, we know that just happened, but we gotta finish this point. <laughs> yeah, I feel like those were the most of, um, I guess, the, the... Did I miss any? There'd be several tangents. But. Yeah, no, that was pretty... I think that the idea that we naturally have these, like, topics of discussion <laughs> without planning... Like the phases, it yeah. Just, yeah, we... And I think what is also notable is our conversations, while, yes, we could be ranting and venting, mm-hmm. um, each one of us, through listening to each other, we can also provide perspective and insight to kind of get us to realize what's really happening and what mm-hmm. that actually means for either each other or the students we teach or, you know, who we're interacting with. And I think that's something really special about yeah. You know, our friendship, but also, like, the way we communicate. Yeah, I agree. And it's, like, I don't know if it's just our personality types or because we're teachers, but, like, we like to figure shit out. We and do. be, like, help me understand. Or, like, if we're, like, mm-hmm. mime talking to someone during a rant, it's just, like, I need you to help me understand. And I feel like we do, we do a good job at, like, just naturally investigating mm. just what's going on around us without getting to cerebral or just hypothetical but with that being said um you have taken a break from being like a main main teacher correct yes because you a mama I am now (laughs) I'm, I'm his main teacher now yes so yeah I was a classroom teacher for seven years um before taking a break to be a stay at home mommy but I still teach in studio settings, so mm-hmm. still around the youngins, but not sure. in the same way at all. <laughs> and then, yeah, different world. But <laughs> as a teacher, so, you know, such all the context, like being in the studio environment, as a teacher, what do you 
What are you come? What's coming up for you? Well, um, big wide open question. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm slowly starting to um, add back into my life um, some groups of kiddos. So mm-hmm. I um, offer online support for children um, that need social emotional. Uh, guidance or just extra, a little extra love, I would say, that need just a little extra support in those areas, like whether it's emotions, um, expressing, communicating, connecting. Um, that's one way I'm slowly starting to bring back some students into my life. And mm-hmm. then also, um, I was recently just added to the Music House faculty Yay! in Chicago. Um, so I'll be starting up with their program in the summer um, and entering back into the dance teaching world in the city again. So yeah. that's sort of where I'm at right now. But I can sense I'm slowly starting to creep back into a the more schools. regular teaching mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, role, whatever that means. But yes. yeah, <laughs> I love the teaching artist position like however very flawed it all is like I always come back to it because it's so it's so like school teacher adjacent and you're not nearly spending the same amount of time or doing the same workload but like I like to see what's going on in a kiddo's basically their natural habitat Mm because like they're there for a long ass time in the day and like who uh, who knows where what they're doing and how long they're staying there like at any other part of the day but yeah just to see like or to experience as a teacher having a group of kids and you're teaching dance and uh, 17 of the 20 of them do not like dance I'm like oh maybe this is how a math teacher is and like maybe right. they have to like find out how to get the information anyway and like yep. it just yeah it and makes you makes you stronger because when you're in a studio, it's like everyone presumably is there to dance and like and is aware of that and maybe mm-hmm. has asked a parent. But like when you're just in school, it's like how do you get people, little people, to uh, sit with you while you have them appreciate art and try to create it? And it's that, but it's fine. I think that's like the main priority even if you're in a studio right like you just want them to love it mm-hmm. regardless if that means they're actually doing the thing or watching the thing as adults or supporting the arts in some way right. um I think that to me is like my goal I'm like you might quit dance class in a year because you want to do soccer or something mm-hmm. else but if being in my dance class means you like to watch dance now or you have a favorite dancer or choreographer now that you'll follow or you know when you pay tickets to go see a show like those are the kinds of things I hope to instill in kids because I think yeah teaching artists being there all it takes is one time one experience and like you know that trending core memory unlocked (laughs) happens and I think that's the power we have as arts teachers or teaching artists, anything like that is a huge impact on a small little kiddo. <laughs> yeah, I miss the kiddos. I feel like we share a student, and I've been on and off, but most recently off with the with the Zoom classes, but I'm like, 
no one likes a Zoom class, so I'm like, how do I... I'm, I'm figuring out how to come back into the space as a workshop teacher and mm. just kind of, like, doing my own stuff through that. Because, like, we were talking about the different definitions of, like, let's say a workshop versus a class versus sure. a master class and all Oof, of that. Yes. And I'm like, even if I am teaching, like, straight up, like, I, you know, dance whacking and house and, like, I'm pretty comfortable with stuff like popping and... I would do those separately, like, as their own classes. And even if I was just doing, like, say, a whacking workshop, I would still call it a workshop, even though I would give all this technique, all this background, because there's always going to be a way that I see it that's separate. Like, and the why. Like, why Mm -hmm. do people... I notice with my kiddos, who are more like teens, they like whacking because it seems like a safe, yet free way for them to explore the femininity. And I'm like, well, that's the spin I'm going to put on that because it's like, I don't know. That's such like, a true point Like that I never thought about. That it is like a very safe and, if I dare say, teen-friendly way to yeah. explore that femininity that other dance forms that we may you know, as adults feel like Mm -hmm. that is also an equally safe way to explore femininity for a teen, especially a teen in today's society. Right. That is 100%, because I agree, everywhere I've ever taught um, very basic foundation, because I'm not nearly as trained as you are in those styles. (laughs) You know, more for exposure. You know what I do. And you're like, can you sub contemporary? I'm like, sure can't, but I can uh, (laughs) roll around like I can. Let's go, girl. Jazz, yeah, I'll give you to eighth grade knowledge. (laughs) And you know what? That's sometimes that's that's a great group. That's a great exact fit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I never thought of it like that. But that's so true. Sorry, I didn't mean to like Hijack the combo, but no, no, yeah. it's, it's our combo now. <laughs> See that? <laughs> um, yeah, whacking for sure is like almost like a that le- next level of expression, self-expression. Yeah, for age groups. Because even like for my not teen, very adult self, um, I love my femininity, and sometimes sometimes it's connected to sensuality, and mm-hmm. I don't love the workshops that are like this is about femininity and it's all sexuality and I'm Mm. like oh there are other parts to this femininity package that you could be expressing while not stifling that part but like you can be very loud and feminine and like aggressively a feminine without even without even like drawing energy to that and without Mm. without instilling that energy in other people that's so that's powerful right there it's like a such a reflection on and not to like this isn't to be negative towards anyone that does this but it's a a reflection on how they view that for Mm -hmm. themselves right like okay they believe their femininity and then their also sensuality are connected always right um or or interchangeable even like the meaning for that themselves that's really yeah, which, like, I don't know, from my eyeballs, it seems like people who identify more on the, the mask side of things, the, they're giving hyper-sensual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, where's the where's the workshop aligning that? Like, if sure. that's the case. Yeah. Or that feels like, not, yeah, safe and nice. and But, I don't know, like, growing up, we, we were from pretty much the same intersecting 
Chicago dance community and our in the in the carnival days, which is like a multi city <laughs> thing. Like any time I was asked to do a piece of someone's for free, uh, likely Ooh. paying for your own uh, costumes and stuff. But anyway, indeed. Um, anytime, taking off work all day to be there from start to finish. Why is that tech? Twelve hours. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> anyway, so like whenever I was asked to do pieces like that, sometimes it'd be like you know, yeah, like I'm a dude, and it's like all of this and wear this and blah blah blah. It's I don't know. It's just for me. Like there's different levels of. I guess sex positivity, which I which I am, but that even that, like, it doesn't mean that you're boning forty times a day with like twelve different people. <laughs> um, and then if that is your vibe, sure. But it's like I would say I'm sex positive, but not <laughs> sex focused, mm. especially in the way that I express my movement, because I think there's something inherently and sensual versus sexual is like a whole other thing, but there's sure. something inherently sensual about moving your body anyway and like because of maybe some colonial uh energy we either demonize or sexualize any kind of dancing mm. and so I'm like uh it's hard to not be aware of that at play and just like who what my identity is and like the social makeup of things and but yeah bringing it back to whacking it's like there's a way to make it sexy there's a way to make it you know powerful or vulnerable but it's like yeah that's just kind of one slice it's one slice and I want to explore all the slices (laughs) because like another part of femininity that I like that I observe um like the corny lady jokes like the sense of like a feminine sense of humor sometimes is just like the nerdiest most wholesome shit that I've ever witnessed and like it's hard to like see through the cracks sometimes and like identify that as a as a feminine thing which you know both genders can have and all genders can have and all that but like I I recognize that as inherently feminine just by witnessing you know all these types of humor and like not no and subtle humor mm. and like sometimes not knowing that you're being funny and like that being a part of the charm like it's a very I don't want to say subdued but I will like that <laughs> subdued <laughs> subtle humor that that it kind of exists in whacking too because it's like a crazy kind of dance. I was about to mention that yeah. like I also feel like whacking personas or just you know whacking performers they there's some comedy in it sometimes yeah, like princess lockeru like I she knows it. her like personality is like what like and it's that's the how she moment. introduces herself to the world it's yeah creating moments with your audience it's connecting with the other dancers like yeah and and it's just like you know thinking of dance as a way of expressing yourself it's like how you have conversations it's you yeah so if you are someone that loves to make other people laugh of course that's going to be permeated throughout your dance persona or who what character you want to portray um and you know I think for the two of us I bring so much of like the educator side into our conversations but I think it's hard 
being in like a studio setting to be able to have the time to explain this to your kids like so much of what is out there for studio kids it's you're learning a skill and you gotta be the best at the skill and you gotta be the best quickly at the skill and there's no room for it's never more than like nine months a year yeah. is like tippity top most because like it's like you'll always go back to zero after yep. either every season or every year. It's yep, and and it's it's hard because you want these kids to have a deeper relationship with the thing you're teaching them, but yeah. you don't have the time. And there's always an objective, whether it's a performance, a recital, a competition. There's a thing you have a deadline to to meet. Yeah. But these are the kinds of conversations that I feel like students, you know, at an age-appropriate level should have. Like, your dancing is, and your body is yours, and you are using it to express you. So even if I give you choreography to do, the way you do it is you saying it. Right. Like, if, you know, someone gives you a song to sing, the way you sing it is you even if I give it to you to sing. Like, I, I think there's so much more to, like, dance and teaching dance that we just don't get the time or the recognition for trying to get across to our students because something else is always more important. Yeah, and it's like a... It's a coin toss because I wasn't really... I didn't come up in a traditional studio setting. I was in a studio, but it was like... I don't know. I'm call it some lease vendor type shit, for lack of a better mm. term. But, um, we did competitions, but, like, maybe that one-off convention competition or, like, hip-hop internet, it had to be, like, the one of the one. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, it's not like I felt the time crunch so much with that, but when I started teaching at dance studios, like, that's when I started to get in trouble (laughs) with time, because it was always, like, we're preparing for this, we're preparing for that. The costume book, and I never picked anything out of that costume Ooh, book. Never. It's it's rough. It's a rough world like, out there. Oh, oh. <laughs> For hip-hop. A hip-hop section. Oh, <laughs> better get this lime green tutu and these fishnet fingerless gloves. Oh, my God. Like, who? Can we do an ep- episode <laughs> of this podcast just reviewing costumes oh my from God. the books? Please. please. Please grab one from the studio I, if you I, can. I, have, I know we have extra. Thank Absolutely. You. I'm 100%. so excited. It's coming. So, like, as much as I love them as an art form in itself for me to, like, go through and make fun of, I don't... There were... I'm pretty sure there were times where I was teaching positive, where my kids just, like, didn't perform. Wow. Recitals. They just didn't perform. And... Here's the thing. When I came back and it was another time and another day, none of them seemed to be, like, shaken up about it. Because when I was coming up, we were always trying to dodge the recitals. I could tell my director was trying to dodge mm. them, too, but they were always trying to be like, if you're going to be in this studio, da 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 And I would always be like, please get us out of this. <laughs> please. <By the> <laughs> please. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, the, the way dance is packaged up in studios and I'm certain that we are not the only dance educators that feel this deep down because obviously if you want to be able to teach and you want to make a living off of it you are going to go to a studio you are going to go somewhere that you can you know 
do what you love. I understand the choreographer uh, of competition studios route. It's oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, daunting to my brain, but I understand. It's daunting it. to our brains as well. Um, <laughs> but you, when you really are passionate about something, as you know, we can presume every dance teacher is. You just wish you had more time. You yeah. wish you had more time because as adults, we get to choose to designate time to our craft and what we love. And that's not to say our students won't grow up and find that path also. Yeah. But it, as a teacher, you just. I mean, for me, I always want my kids to be better than I was at that point in their lives. And that doesn't mean they need to be doing, like, 17 turns into backflips. I mean, the way they think about dance. I want it to be more advanced and mature than when I was a kid. I, yeah. I want to be able to sort of push the dial in a different direction, still do the competition, still do the convention, still have fun, because those things are fun at a certain time in your life but also build the relationship with the art form at a deeper level sooner. Right. And I feel like you're, from what I've seen, your kids are level-headed like that, and they are, you know, advanced in their thinking. And I don't know where you were when you were their age, but, like, I like the... I like that they don't feel pressure to pursue it as a career without mm-hmm. having it be their passion. Oh, And absolutely. they reconcile it very easily because it's very easy. Like, you don't... Yeah. Like, people aren't... A lot of people don't like their jobs. And sure, so, like, it sure. could be that, like, you are in a job that, like, not that you won't like, but, like, this is my job because this is what makes sense for me in, like, a duty kind of a sense. Mm-hmm. And this is how I could, like, lock stuff down for me and mine. And then you can have this whole other thing that's, like, either supplementing that or just a passion. And it's, like, you don't need to necessarily value it by how much you can monetize off of it. Even if you have all the tools to know how to monetize mm-hmm. it, you can choose it's a choice. not to. Yeah. And you, you still get to be an artist. Like no one takes away your artist, your dancer card, if you're not, like, mm-hmm. ripped in, like, in Pepsi commercials and Absolutely. Shit. Like, yeah. No, yeah, you're showing still the good. value of just participating in an art, whatever yeah, that means. colonizing it, like, taking Oof. the, taking the, like, the price point off of it and yeah. the, yeah, the translation into money as worth. Peace right. out. Right, like... Yeah, especially I feel like for dancers, too, it's, there's only, like, two outcomes when you're young. You either, like, you go to New York or you go to L.A., and yeah. and, and that's very much still instilled in these kids. Yeah, and, it's, and the adults. <laughs> it's right, like, beyond the adults, especially because the, the demographic for who's getting hired is just getting younger and younger <laughs> and younger. So it is, you know, bleeding into the studio mindsets, too, for these kids. And I think it's to... Um, a, a fault because then it's pushing kids away from being long-term dancers if they mm-hmm. don't see one of those outcomes in their futures and it's like oh my gosh no one wants to teach no kids want to teach like back in like when I was younger like in I feel like my generation we were begging to assist we yeah. wanted to assist we wanted to help choreograph we wanted to help the younger kids we felt like that was such a big deal that is not the case anymore. That is not where kids' mindsets are at. It's like you either make it or you don't. And there's no... I'm like, do you know how many other things you could do with this art form? 
Yeah, and how they balance each other out. Sure, like... Like, ideally, you want to be creating, not... Yeah, the three of all you can do, mm-hmm. there's there's creating, throwing dance lens, choreographing, mm-hmm. rehearsal direction, blah, 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 performing, like, being on stage and then teaching it. Mm-hmm. And I find that I am the least shook and crazy when I'm doing all three of them in some capacity. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm balanced. And, you know, the performing part could just be some quick phone record stuff. Sure. It doesn't need to be, like, everything. And same with choreographing. It can be small or large, or, like, people see them or they don't. But some... The, I have to keep passing knowledge in order for it to still be working in my memory. Oh, that's totally a thing. Yeah. Yes. It's <laughs> like when I... Yeah. Teaching makes you better. Yes. With the other stuff. For mm, sure. Indeed. But yeah, I wish that was more of a... I wish that was more of a goal um, for, for our age of folks, too. Because I find... I spent, like, a year and some change in L.A. And I took... Maybe two or three classes. Total. Total. Because I would watch... I would look at these schedules and I'd be like... Mm-hmm know half of them then I'll like look up some people and I'm like okay and it's not a new observation at all but I'm like this is looking very much like you get into the studio within five seconds you're like four eight counts in mm-hmm. and then you get to let's say the class starts at four it's 428 time for groups bring out the cameras, yes. literal smoke machines, yes. and lights behind, and I'm like, this is a never-ending loop of you promoting a class that has not happened yet. <laughs> that that, that <laughs> class happened, like, ended before it started, basically. Like, yeah, it's like, where's the full hour that I get as a student where I'm instilled knowledge? Because right. I've gotten your piece, and it's like, and some people are like, okay, well, I have, I do this certain form, and it's like, you'll, uh, then it's like drills for 12 minutes, and then it's getting into something, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that was just a that city thing, but I went in and took jazz thinking that I was, like, gonna be safe <laughs> from that, <laughs> and, you know, it was... It was a fine class, but I just, at this point in my dance life, I want much more than what the standard is. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what the format of this kind of a class is, but I need to I need to get with someone's class who knows how to understand what my body needs without me telling them, because they're the teacher and teaching how to get further, like, expand further out in, like, every direction, like, knowledge-wise, physically. Like, I'm in these days looking for more of a... I started in, like, spiritual-based dance, and that's how I learned how to improv. I was told, do not move until you feel called to move, and you won't even have to do anything because it'll be happening. Mm. (laughs) Oh, wow. And it's like, when I go to these classes that are like, freestyle in general, I'm like, no. You mean the two styles you've learned for maybe three years, and you're like, 
you're the cipher for 45 minutes. And I'm like, that's cool, but I, I want things nicely labeled. If I want yep. to go in and learn whacking, I would expect to go to a studio and go to a class called whacking, and then I know more after that <laughs> hour. <laughs> it's almost like a new requirement for any class anywhere is you must also include the structure of your class so that before I pay money to yeah. come to your class, I know that you know. Yeah, let me see what a curriculum at least. Like, yeah, just give a me a okay, this, countdown. When thing. you come to my class, you can expect to we're going to do a warm up. How about that cuz that never happens anymore. We will be doing <sighs> some sort of, you know, progressions or we are going to be doing drills or something and then we will be doing some movement or we will explore improvisation whatever the case may be it could be as simple you could just write down concise, what Cheryl just said like right now give, for example give me what I'm that. going to do in your class so I don't waste your time and mine and going to mine. a class and spend the entire hour and whatever doing something that I did not think I was going to be doing. And I don't want to promo your work. You need to pay me for promotional Ooh, work. Now, that's a new thing, too. And that's such a, like, ingrained thing for dancers. If it's more than 10 minutes, and that's being me being generous, if that's more than 10 minutes with you with a camera out, talking about groups when it's just your friends, Ooh. that is a promotional shoot. And then and how many platforms you're putting it on, like, and how many ways you're putting it. Is it a story? Is it a reel? Is it a post? Is it a TikTok? Is it a this? Like, Facebook? Like, that is a lot of places that you're putting dancers out into. Yeah. And you're, and yeah. like, I want a hard turn. And it's, it's connected, too, but it's, like, as dancers who are based in, like, who express through choreography a lot of the time. I don't think I realized how much trust in my body I was giving to all these other people until I sat back and looked at it. Mm. Meaning, there will be this choreographer on this completely different wavelength, and they're basically, <laughs> not to be, you know, like, high thought about it, they're basically using a bunch of bodies in order to drive their message. And it's like, do I want to... Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. do I want to, like, check my body out <laughs> to some person, maybe a stranger, maybe someone who I don't know what their message is or their intentions. Do I just want to, like, keep checking my body out to that person? And and before I even, like, know how to have control of my own body. And, like, sure. To do that for myself. And it's, like, further, you know, if I let myself do that in an hour class fine if I'm just like experimenting but then it's being filmed and then being like perpetuated it's like this wave that just kind of ripples out that Mm. I didn't fully consent to and it's like cameras are such a part of everyday life there needs to be like a social some sort of a social etiquette around how we use them with students no matter what age they are because you're going to dance and learn differently when you have a camera on you or mm-hmm. off. And it's just like when science. When it's a consistent like stuff is, part of your class experience, yeah. yeah, you're entering the space completely different. Like, yeah, and what if this person's only interested in, like, Broadway musicals? Like, they probably don't need to know how to do a bunch of stuff with film, so, like, it's really just for you. There's so that, it's yeah. back to, it's a promo shoot, and, yeah, the, I, they like to dance 
community, maybe also just performing arts in general, they get duped a lot. We get duped a lot into paying for bettering someone else's either work or whatever experience or like credibility. I also pay to perform. Like on top of that, remember back in the day after classes, it was Uh just the teacher that got filmed. Like, yeah. yeah, they'd be like, solo, like, yeah. go and do it. I'm a fan of that because right. when you're learning, like, obviously you're watching the teacher, but you're not seeing them, like, perform mm-hmm. the piece. Like, that to me is, like, I love that little, like, ending. And then you're like, ah, that was mm-hmm. so inspiring. That was everything. But it's, like, resolved because you have, it's, like, the direct source of what that thing's applied to. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, seeing a pure demonstration like, yeah, makes sense. I loved that this the, the groups thing obviously like yeah you if as a teacher if somebody deserves like a shout out or recognition because this one thing they're doing is just wow like mm-hmm. inspiring to them please like let them do it whatever that's fine but you don't need to film it you don't need to you know make it a whole audition feeling mm-hmm. that there's too much stuff mixed up in one. I feel like they try yeah. to use that as an excuse. Well, this is how it's going to be in auditions. It's like, in acting studios, they have audition classes. If you sure. want to do that, do that. And that's I didn't come valuable. Here for that. That's also yeah. valuable. Like, to, well, let me to know what I'm stepping into. Kind of backpedal for like a couple seconds. Everything I feel like we're saying is not like there isn't a time and place to do said things, like you're saying. If, there's an, if you're creating a class, for dancers to know what it's like to audition. Absolutely. Take the camera out at the end. Do all the... There's a time and place for these things. And there's also a time and place when maybe as a dancer, you want to do that. So I'm not saying, like, all of this needs to be, for lack of a better term, canceled. It's just mm-hmm. the idea that some most of the time, if not all the time, you don't know what you're walking into anymore when you're right. walking into someone's dance class unless you have already taken their class, you're familiar with the choreographer, the teacher. And so what I think all of this kind of sums up into is we're not being clear as educators what we're providing. We're duping dancers quite Mm -hmm. a bit into what we want versus what we're saying we're going to offer. And then as dancers, we have no concept of how to properly search for a class that fits our needs or what we want to gain and then even further back in like our dance training as young students we are not taught how to look for those things Mm -hmm. and what what do you want as a dancer right we went you know kind of through a conversation about there are different career paths there are different things and then even earlier it's like what the director what they perpetuate yes yes or whatever it may be and, and, and that's, like, I want to be accepted, so I'll be what the director wants. Or that's all I know, so mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to roll with. And mm-hmm. and even earlier, before we started recording, we were talking about there's sometimes you take a person's class because you like the way they teach, not necessarily that you need to build on you know the skill that they build. You just like going because I can become a better teacher by watching them teach. No one's sharing this with like younger kids, that like some of your favorite choreographers you see on Instagram – are crappy teachers literally cannot teach fail as old as time like Like, it's just a a thing no one is telling them this and then they are the next group of people to go out in the world and they're like wait 
we're recording for 40 minutes of this class. What? I was supposed to wear a cute outfit and makeup? What? Like... Right. <laughs> See, like, that's... That's why I'm glad I have shifted a little because I've had to because of the pandemic to dance on film. And I like it. Like, I really like indie music videos and mm-hmm. stuff. But, like, that's also taught me that, like, what my time is worth. Like, you get there... And either it's so indie that you need to have your hair and makeup figured out or you're arriving early to have your hair and makeup figured mm-hmm. out or maybe your wardrobe is figured out and then you have a separate rehearsal and then you're in front of a camera and then you know it's all to promote some specific sure. thing. Sure, And you're compensated for it. And there's something drawn out that tells you like exactly what's expected of you, what you can expect of them. And it's like... So much of what I see in mirrors what I see these dancers who are teaching. What I see at the end of their class or that creeps into like toward the beginning of the class where they're filming. They they put in this expectation, you know, energetically, socially, based off who they like, quote unquote, pick um, to dress cute, have your hair and makeup done. We're all gonna match, so right. make sure you wear something like Maybe this. Maybe just, like, wear all black. I don't care. And it's, like... Right. And you do several takes, and it's, like, you mm-hmm. see those back-to-back, like, here's oh, these girl, person I doing cannot. These I person. cannot. I'm, like, that is a whole shoot, which will, like, <laughs> forever bring me back to, like, if I get stuck in a class, oh my, my filter, like, ever since probably I turned 30... Though, like, my filter is, like, kind of jank before. But, like, I don't have it in me to, like, bite my lip through, like, dumb situations. Like, being in a class, like, I don't know if I'll, like, walk out, but I have no problem, like, talking to teachers. It's like, hey, I, like, class is class. Mm-hmm. Class is class is class. And I find it hard to classify this as one when there was no there was no initiating of the class which traditionally could be seen as a warm-up um there was no establishing of the groundwork which you know is maybe a learning a little bit of technique and then now is the part where we apply the technique mm-hmm. maybe we apply all of that to a combination and then maybe after that we like cool down and stretch and then maybe after that we leave um some ending remarks for the very end, some opening for questions. Like, if I don't see... If all of that is just, like, a blur of that, or if I don't recognize it at all, I'm It's, not, like, not a class. It's not a class. I'm not recommending it. I'm not posting it. Yeah. I'm not posting every class that I'm going in and recording myself. Like, that's me being nice and promoting you. And so many of the classes have turned into self-promotion... Like, if you are interested in having, like, your name and, like, giant credit bubble letters everywhere, I don't know if teaching is going to give you that. Mm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, maybe just finding a way for you to be in camera, in front of camera more, in front of more eyeballs, but, like, teaching is, like, it could really be the pits when it comes to getting your proper credit um, in any capacity, and so you better just feel it in your soul that you have a responsibility to pass on knowledge that you did not just create. You're literally just passing it on. Yeah. And doing it, a good job in doing so. It's like the 
the idea of teaching anything, whether it's in school or in a studio or anything, yeah. it's like you're not doing this for... There are your, no celebrity teachers. You, yes, thank you. <laughs> but you know what? That's a whole other topic because there are now um, influencer teachers. That's a whole other topic uh, for another... That's a thing. That is, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's... I stand by it. There are <laughs> celebrity teachers. But I fundamentally yeah. and at the root of it, yes, I, we, we see the same parallels in the education social media world as we, we're talking about now and dance as well but yeah yeah I think that you know I've been in sorry I'm trying to recall like That's some true. of the things you said were like triggering my thoughts and memories but like the the taking several takes of to do a video at the end that's a shoot girl it was late mm. <laughs> the class runs late a lot of these classes will run late because of this mm. and I'm trying to go home and I am not the one being videoed. Can I go? Can I walk out? Oh, the class you paid for. Like, yeah, right? Like, like I feel yeah. like walking away. I was not the only person that also felt this. We were literally whispering about it. Like, so should we just sneak out now? Because it's not about learning. It's not yeah. about... At that point, I'm not gaining shoot. anything. It is a video yeah. shoot, and you're letting them repeat. Guess what? You know how many times I've been recording at the end of a class, and I fucked up, and I kept going? I no, I would never dream mm. of asking, can you please record my little special group again? Have you lost no. your mind? The audacity? It's like, what? and that's the other thing. It's like, it's worth considering if your students are stage dancers or on film, typically dancers. Because if you're on stage performing most of the time, you better learn how to mess up you and finish it. Absolutely. And I always felt like... no one's going to be like, can you leave and do general admission again and sit down again and we start this? Like, no. Are you kidding? It happened. Well, and, and I just think, too, there's another set of, I feel like, standards for any dancer that is also teaching. Mm-hmm. It was like an, a subconscious thing in my brain. If I'm taking class, sometimes my students would also be taking class with me. Mm-hmm. I am not going to show them and model for them what I think is inappropriate, as in like, oh, I messed up. Can you? Can we do it again? No, I messed up. I recovered. Moving on. That's what I'm preparing you for the professional for world. In any because if you sense. go into an audition. <laughs> Talking about some, I messed up. They'd be like, thank you so much. Goodbye, thank you. Have a good day. Like, if you're a teacher taking class, you want to model, even if your students aren't there, you should have such a strong sense of integrity and value as an educator. Take the class that you would want your kids to take. Take it the way you would want your kids to take. Like, I shouldn't just say kids because some of our students are also adults. Like, you, when you put on a teacher hat, would first of all, I'll say like less than one percent probably actually does this in our dance community. But like, you put on a teacher <laughs> hat, you are also putting that on wherever you go. That's my yeah. view. Whether you are being hired as a dancer, whatever it is, you are constant walker, a walking example for your students, whether they are there to see it or not. Yeah, that's and what we call integrity. Role models <laughs> did not ask for their role model position, so like, it's not as easy as being like, I didn't ask. To. It's like. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> when you put yourself in the yes. position of being an educator in any capacity, yes. like, you yes. know, professors, grown people don't get off the hook for this either. Like, they're, it mm-hmm. doesn't mean completely sense of your entire life, but just, like, you got to walk through the world with a little bit more sense of, like, mm-hmm. hmm, what's going to be 
modeled was going to be perceived in my, like, human moments. How can I, like, cultivate spaces that I could, you know, maybe not have to worry about that as much, which means you have to, like, know how to have a private world and a public sure, world. Sure. And, and that's, you know, that's all, like, different things to have to navigate when you are a teacher. But there are teachers and there are choreographers, and then there's just people that want to have a fun class just to have, I've, mm-hmm. I've definitely been in moods before. Where I was like, I'm going to take this person's class because I know it's going to be fun. I know it's going to be kind of on the easier side <laughs> for me. Yeah. I just want to have fun. He may pick me for a special group or she may pick me for a special group. Like mm-hmm. there are totally like appropriate times where that is a thing and that it's wanted and needed and you knowingly am, you're going to pay money because yeah. this is what I'm in the mood to do. But would you be like, I'm training. Into this that is class. N- exactly. I'm like, this is not to better myself. This is to make me just feel good. Like, this is just yeah. what I know what it's going to be like going in. But if I'm trying to be better in a certain discipline, no, that is never going to be where I'm going to find that, like, at all. And it's hard because you want to be able to recommend them for their talent or their level. Because a lot of these people are so talented mm-hmm. and really great at what they do. But my standard for a class my standard for a teacher far exceeds a lot of what is available. Yeah, I got got so much value in my dance education from, sorry, teachers who I do not remember the names of, (laughs) but I could, you know, go back to that festival and, like, look up the roster that year and all that if I needed to, but, like, top of the head, no, because they aren't necessarily, you know, Maybe they are, but, like, I haven't seen them necessarily, like, being online all day every day and be like, hey, look, proof, 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 proof. But it's, like, that personally is the teacher that I like who's kind of, um, like, that dude at the top of a mountain that Uma Thurman had to go to mm. and Hill Bill, yes. like, hermits <laughs> that are just like, I do this shit, but I, they You need don't. to find me. Yeah. You need to come find me. Yeah, and then, like, I've been thinking about that in my creative world, too. It's like, oh, well, like... And now I'm at the point where I can have a choreographer do something for a project, and I don't have to be the choreographer and the dancer, and then I can just, like, have a part. I can just produce it. Mm. And it's like, there are some people that I'm interested in as choreographers that I'm like, wait, where are they? And I do have to go find them, but it's yeah. like, their their internet presence does not equal, <laughs> like, I guess, the regard that I have for them, obviously. Sure. Or, like, how available they are. But yeah, there are just some people who stick out in your mind of like, okay, it's not even a technique thing. It's just like, oh, what I really liked is that they really, they really knew themselves and they knew how mm. to not just perform confidence, but like just display it. And like, I would kind of shadow that too of like, oh, I'm not going to like try to pick up her movement, but it's almost like you have to just sit back and not move and observe and just mm. be like, where is this coming from? Ooh, you're t- tiptoeing onto, like, a topic that I feel like we could go on a whole nother tangent about. Oh, yeah. No one teaches young dancers how to talk about dance and how mm-hmm. to watch dance. Yeah. That Those are two skills that are so essential and I feel like that's one like being able to talk about dance intelligently is like one of the things I really push for my students Mm -hmm. no we are not saying that was dope 
No, we are not <laughs> saying that was cool. We are not saying that. You, you, what movement? Describe the movement. Describe how it was executed. You're like, what happened? Use your freaking words. And then articulate how you feel about it. Why? Wh- okay, you think it was dope? Why? Yeah. What about it? And then that point about being able to observe somebody and figure out why are they really cool to me? What is it that I like about them? That's how you find the people you want to train with. But if all you see is all this stuff on social media that's just like wow moments, wow factors, which is valuable when you want to be hired in like the commercial world, don't get me wrong. Yeah. However, when you want to train with somebody, uh, no one is teaching kids how to take a step back and reflect on why do you want to train from them? Mm. What is it about that person's class? That what is it fulfilling? Just like I was saying a second ago, sometimes I just want to do something easy because it's like a little feel-good moment for me. Yeah. Some kid that really is, you know, looking for that is thinking they're training and becoming a better dancer. And it's like, maybe a little bit, Ooh, but not that's really. that's the part where someone's like, I got a 90 class pass. Mm-hmm. And they're just taking like 90 classes and they think that that's going to equal train. When, but it's like, if all of your teachers are like, here is a truly random, no context to what you've been learning in this class, or like not even, it's just not, these things aren't clicking, and you're just learning movements. Yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, very, your retention is getting better, and yeah, that's about it. But it's very possible to take like hella classes and to not feel like you're getting any closer to what it is that you're striving for. Which is why I feel like I took those three classes and, you know, granted there were some things where it's like I could have rehearsals and I could treat treat auditions like classes and Mm -hmm. stuff. And so I was in a studio more than three times or like I would rent out studio space and something I got to do. But like those classes, it's like I might have learned a new like combination of ways in which I can move my body, Mm -hmm. but... I'll say me being biased to, like, my Chicago education, I liked that if I walked into a Joe Hall class, mm. or, like, something Joe Hall adjacent, I, man, it wasn't even, it wasn't even, it wasn't even Mr. Joe Hall, but it was, like, one of the teachers, I wasn't even going into the class yet, it was a class before me, and I heard this teacher be, like, maybe it was Joe Hall, I don't know, but he was, like, I'm talking to this little very tall, lanky, better than a girl, and he was like, I need you to stop, <laughs> something like, I need you to stop ignoring how beautiful you are, or I need you to stop Ooh. disregarding how beautiful you are, and that wasn't like a, I'm performing, I'm having a moment, like, he was serious, Yeah. because it's like, there's a way and it's not, and it's not shallow either. It's like there's a way, especially like me coming up in, you know, there's some um, suburban studios that were, you know, pretty majority white, and then like once again, like kind of a black and brown kind of institution. Like there's a way that that could be communicated. That's not one. It's not creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two. It's not shallow. But it's like, I can't even explain it, but it's, there's this realness of like, if you're beautiful or like ballet, people talk about like facilities, like, Mm -hmm. uh, which I got feelings about, but (laughs) 
whatever they bring up that it's like, hey, this is a, this is something that's like in you, and it's not me necessarily trying to compliment you. It's saying like, fool, use it. Yeah. Because you have it, and being modest and playing small isn't going to do anything for you. Right. And it's not going to get you any get into heaven tokens more. So it's really a disservice to everybody around you. And it's like sure. those freaking life lessons baked in to the dance to where like sometimes that's what you'll need. And like your body could do it all along, but if your mind is telling you oh, to gosh, sit, sit yeah. around like this all day, you might never know that you're like naturally inclined to do this. But this also goes back to how we feel. Up, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I'm like, I forget. They can't see. <laughs> uh, that goes back to our um, point of creating a relationship with your students, creating that safe space, creating the community within your class, regardless if it's drop-in or not. Mm-hmm. That, for two reasons, because I feel like both of these ideas could be their own conversation. You just touched on what the culture is like in a predominantly white place and mm-hmm. then uh, a black and brown space. And how that culture impacts the way communication works and the way relationships work and the Mm -hmm. way everything works, really. (laughs) Um, And then also, again, just how you set up your class to be able to give feedback like that that is going to get across appropriately and effectively. And all of that is wrapped up into how you're supposed to approach your teaching style. What is your teaching style and what is your teaching philosophy? Um, all of that needs to be considered where you're teaching, who you're teaching, what you're teaching. And we as a community just skip all of that and go straight to the actual surface level movement of it all. And when you are really trying to step into a teacher role, I feel like you are stepping into a lot more than just that. Um, being a teacher and a student, um, being on both sides of that, like I respond best to teachers that I know are going to give feedback like that. Mm-hmm. We'll be like, you know, stop holding back. And you'll be like, no, this is every. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah, like, someone who's able to see something in you that you yeah. don't see because Even that's if it the seems harsh, the job. But it's like, no, if I just let you continue doing what you're doing, I'm not really letting helping yeah. you meet your that potential. That would be mean. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the like worst part. Wasting time. Yeah. That's the part that sucks, but... But yeah, then and then there's this culture of everybody's special. I'm going to call everybody into a special group and everybody's going to do the video at the end. Like, yeah. how, what the big contrast is there and how that is sort of shaping the next generation of performers and students and dancers and things like that is just... Yeah, and oh, it's like yeah. letting yourself... Uh, put your putting ego aside enough to let yourself be humbled by not humbled by be inspired by your peers because I feel like I don't know I've always had weird feelings about the select group thing like I understand it I'm not like anti it but it's I think that's what teachers could do a better job of creating the space for it's like Mm -hmm. I it's not like me and my favorite friends that I'm picking to show you or like who I would pick if this were an audition and this is a secret audition. Right. It's like, when I understood them, it's like a teacher showing us, it's like, look what this person does with it. 
look at the permission this person mm. gave themselves to yeah. turn it into what they needed it to be for their expression and it resonates with me too mm. and it's like maybe just a little bit of like preface of like this is the why this is the origin this as students in the observing the observing portion of the class which maybe doesn't need cameras all the time, but we could still watch each other. Sure, sure. I'd be down for that. That's, yeah. But it's like just a little, a little thing, a little paragraph in the beginning, just like, this is why this person's standing here. They didn't win class. Um, I'm just, (laughs) remember we would win carnival all the time. Oh my God, yes, yes. Yeah, they didn't win class. This is just a part of the class. (laughs) Genuinely. <laughs> well, and I think also that sort of like you were saying, the origins, the why. Mm-hmm. So much of what is being shared nowadays, if you asked why are we doing this, I don't know that everyone Huge could give an answer. Balls. Yeah. It's just, it it's stings their ego. And, and, and as I, I've I, asked that, oh they've, they've, they've acted like I am intruding their class and I'm like but I'm here I'm taking it or even just the the idea of being able to ask a question in class Mm -hmm. that isn't related to the eight count you taught like that's a whole nother thing and and going back to like how you know you pick out students you know whether whatever resonates Mm -hmm. I also think just picking a student out or several students whatever it is that just did something they'd never done before yeah. Okay, who cares if they screwed up everything else, but this one thing that they we've been, you know, I've, I'm sure you've been there where you're literally pulling teeth to get them to do a thing, mm-hmm. and they finally freaking do it, and it's a huge victory, but no one else in the class is going to see it that way. Take the time to make them see it that way. Because yeah, everybody just you have the environment to where you can have long-term students to yeah. where they start to know each other and notice. It's like, oh, instead of judgy judgy it's like I'm excited for you because I did see that you've been struggling mm-hmm. this has been like a block for you for so long yeah and like we could be excited about it sure I think that those are that is what's going to help us move our our views on teaching and student being a student in a different direction because yeah it's hard getting back into the class setting it's really <laughs> I don't, I don't think I'm there yet. <laughs> I'm I'm trying. <laughs> I do prefer when I'm like just not really feeling like doing much of what people say because I don't know what they're on. I like going. <laughs> I like going to an open session, and mm-hmm. I have been like eyeballing some open sessions. I'm hoping to, and those were ones that I've been taking for like five or so years. Sure. And like uh, one of the people who first. Not first, but like early on, taught me whacking and Hispanic. She open. She does these like open sessions, and she like you know they're truly out to the public, or else I wouldn't have like said their name. But yeah, I I think I'll get into something that or that adjacent to where what I like about a session, because that's also like an alchemy of sorts. Like you and maybe you're not the teacher, but maybe you're the person like just booking the space, like. Mm hey, there's elements of who's controlling the music? Is it open control of the music? Is it, like, octord There's still a responsibility to cultivate Yeah, there's a cipher happening over here. There's space for one-on-ones over there. There's space for someone to do whatever they want against the wall over there. Um, And then, like, 
the space is open afterwards and there's like talking about like the talking about the craft and all that stuff happens um at the after point and uh it's super easy to like go get food with the people who you've been like moving with freely and like being able to actually see and like speaking on it and be able to be able to like comment on it not in the like you're dope and you're dope and I think you're dope way it's just like (laughs) yes uh, like more so like questions like hey where does this come where did this come from for you or like I saw like I don't know it, it, it invites like that's why these are called social dances it's like you are literally talking to each other with it whereas choreography is more of like a polished speech mm-hmm. but yeah I, I would jump into those I think a lot sooner and easier than a and again, that that's skill combo. of being able to talk about dance. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it presents itself in a concert setting, in a class setting, in an open session mm-hmm. setting. Like, this is a skill. Like, obviously, you can get an open session wrong, and I've had dancer friends who've been like, I, because they did choreo, like, I'm discouraged because I did a cipher where they're basically like, go dance, and this is the order. And then they're like, as they're dancing, talking about how they could be improving. And I'm like, here's the fucking thing. Oh, my God. That is, like, me saying an original thought out of my brain, expressing, and being like, here's how you could have delivered that. It's like, how about you listen to what I'm saying mm-hmm. and respond to it and don't be like, you said that wrong. Because that just shows me that you're a shitty listener. <laughs> well, yeah. And, again, there's, I think the the overarching theme that we keep touching on is there's just very little clarity when you're going into something, what your expectation should be. And then if you are creating something for others, what that expectation is. And sometimes the description is there, the expectation is there, but on the receiving end, you don't want to hear it Mm -hmm. or you want it catered to you. And that is not how the world works. (laughs) So like, I think, you know, there are skills beyond just doing the the head spins and doing the leg grab turns and whatnot that dancers are not gaining and then they become teachers and then the whole cycle just keeps repeating itself like we're not being clear it's just not clear whether we're clear listeners or clear communicators it's not clear it's just a whole bunch of muddy mess (laughs) that we're expected to know how to navigate through and instead of it just being (laughs) hey this is what I'm teaching. Hey, this is what I want to take. Cool. We meet. Let's do it. Yeah. Like, there needs to be like a match service for dancers and teachers. Ooh, app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time to make it now. But no, the like the consultant slash maybe more masculine part of my brain is like into solutions, even if they're not they're not gonna be the solution. But I'm just like, let's throw this out there. What if we do this? What if we do this? So I'm curious, like, what do you think? is a possible, like, step in the right direction that might turn this shit around or, like, provide some clarity yeah. on both sides? Um, I think definitely when you... Uh, okay, so for both sides. One, when you are teaching students, I'm thinking pre-professional teenagers. Those are, like, your... They're the next ones, right? Mm-hmm. That's the next generation. You really want to focus on them not winning the trophies necessarily or being Mm -hmm. the best in the studio right because a lot of pressure is put on these older students within a studio setting to be the best because all these other kids are looking up to you yeah but nobody's teaching them the life skills (laughs) needed to continue 
dancing. I my heart breaks when kids just stop dancing after they graduate. It breaks because right. it's like, like they could only dance in that container for yes, that purpose. Yes. Yeah. And it's really sad to me. So no one's really emphasizing what classes do you really want to take? Where can you look for them? Who can you look for? And and what's what really appeals to you to continue dancing? What is what are your goals? Or maybe you don't have a goal and that's fine. Mm-hmm. What do you like? And what do you like to feel? Okay, now let's go from there and figure out maybe you're not going to be in a choreography setting. Maybe you're going to go freestyle. Maybe you're going to go improv. Maybe you're a human maybe you want to move. Or maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> you, you want to choreograph. Yeah. Like, those different avenues. So I think from a teaching perspective, there's that. Mm-hmm. Help these younger dancers understand at least a basic un- like level of navigating class and what that is for them. Um, have those conversations but then on the flip side I think any studio that is hosting a class or has class offerings Mm -hmm. freaking hold your teachers to a standard where whatever they call their class is the thing they teach and then also make sure they're consistent with what they're providing if can I ask you right now what is your class structure going to be like so if I have a student coming in hey, I don't know that person, I'm, I think I'm going to take their class. I can tell them what your class is going to give them. Right. What are the takeaways from your class? Like, let's hold these teachers to a higher standard, because there definitely are some teachers out there that could easily answer those questions, mm-hmm. that have that in their brains before they enter the studio, that take the time to prep what it is they're going to focus on, this and that. Like, I think they're out there. Right. But no one's communicating that, and you you end up stumbling upon these people like, oh, that was cool, Um, after I took 16 other people's classes that I absolutely hated. Um, The music. Yeah. It's like also these studio owners, it's like realizing that, you know, we were talking about this before, it's like you you own pretty much an institution. Mm -hmm. You own an education institution, you own an arts facility. You should have the resources to provide professional development to the people working for your studio Mm. so that even if they did fall into this position by way of being a very good digital media communicator. How about that? um, Yeah. And they actually don't want to teach. They could they have a chance to catch up because you as the facility, as the institution are the net that they could fall into and and then also like the filtration device of like oh maybe I don't need you to submit a lesson plan to me necessarily every time you go in to teach but every season we are going to all be together and we're all going to be going through um whatever the cuter word for best practices is Mm -hmm. that people who aren't necessarily in a corporate or educational space will, will take to and being like this isn't um, set in stone, but this is probably the ground point, um, groundwork, this is A, B, and C, typically, um, you probably naturally approach it differently, like, observe how you approach it, and then maybe I'm asking you to consider lining it up against A, B, and C, mm-hmm. and seeing what you want to take, what you want to leave, um, but if it is a conversation, being able to ask why, hi! baby vision is on yes Um, no I think that's important too I love the point that you bring up of if you are not capable of or even aware to answer those questions or provide that 
that doesn't mean we write you off. Yeah. Teachers are not getting Developed. regular <laughs> PD yeah. at all. I feel like in the arts, unless they are actively seeking it for themselves. Yeah. But a lot of those are expensive. And some of them are linked up with arts enrichment programs, mm. um, which come with their own issues. Yeah, so. and... And so I like that idea that studios should be providing. And then that's such an easy way as a business to make sure that everyone's aligned with your mission or whatever that is for you. And they can go out and ripple out this information. It's like they like, you know, especially for the people who are really great at documenting every little thing that has to do with their industry and their craft. It's like, hey, I just got out of this thing, and now I'm going to, like, spit it out to you mm-hmm. on a live because, you know, some people do really well with, like, regurgitating information as teachers, like, exactly as they've gotten it, you know, talk to them. Yeah. In a very recent kind of way. And I think that's okay to do with something like professional development. Yeah. That just requires a whole nother, like, part of your brain, I think, when entering <laughs> the dance teaching space or studio space or program space in general. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I think there's definitely room for growth to be able to just enrich and improve sort of like the experience for up-and-coming students, really. Yeah. So we can all ascend or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. And get out of this like circuit of the same thing over and over again. Yeah, it's like I get, I feel like people joke like, oh, 20s and also like, oh, it's renaissance time and it's gonna Mm -hmm. be all blah 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 new and fun and art matters and it's like we (laughs) are culture producers yeah like teacher people who are teachers and makers and facilitators we have a part in creating the culture and that doesn't mean like the trends and like the highest heaviest influence but it's Mm. like if you have a little three-person group who you create with just naturally and y'all are able to talk about, like, oh, how do we pass on information? How do we collaborate together? How do we reach out? Like, that's already you, like, being the architect of your community. And it could come with, like, oh, how was I taught stuff before? Mm-hmm. Did that work out for me? Okay, what would I do differently? And, like, being able to have that self-awareness of, like, what am I actually repeating and therefore perpetuating in the ways I was kind of brought up and taught in this space? And, like, what would I like to go back in time and unwire for my little self? So much of that reflection skill is taught when you are, you know, in your undergrad to become a teacher. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there were so many, I mean, I think that's what strengthened my desire to be a teacher is so much Mm -hmm. of that paralleled being in the dance world also, is that reflection piece is missing a lot from the dance community, whether you're a teacher, choreographer, performer, Mm -hmm. student, whatever that is, um, no one's teaching that. No one's giving opportunity for that. You're just going and doing and then just doing what's being told to you and not really thinking about it. And then when you, like you said, stepping into a different role, reflecting on your own experience and seeing what you liked, what you didn't like, what could have been better, how could you be better, how can you, like, fix those biases or whatever it is, like, there's no space for it. (laughs) It's like, yet. 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 
<laughs> which means we gotta talk to some dancers and choreographers and educators and I mean truly so many people and sometimes it's just gonna be us yeah, because right. sometimes we have a lot of yes <laughs> but I don't know we did a pretty good first like intro yeah. to the people I feel like this this tracks for what we talk about normally in closed doors <laughs> so without true. a mic strapped on so but, true yeah, I think we're going to call this one a day uh, for Mindful Grooving. Um, there's going to be a lot of, I would say, under construction type things going on. Um, it's my personal attempt to let things kind of organically fall into place as far as the where this podcast goes, because a lot of it is dependent on you know, who's listening to it, and, like, we we see you, you'll see soon, but, like, we see you listening, we see, like, where you are, and all that good stuff, like, once you get to a place where you're comfortable, uh, like, calling in, and leaving a message, and you'll see in the show notes how to do that, or, like, if you yeah. come and creep on us on Instagram, like, see what the Mindful Grooving page becomes, um, I want this to act like a like a little sister of a radio <laughs> show mm. almost to where things are kind of a bit of a bit more real time like um I won't no spoilers but someone that I did mention on this podcast has agreed to be on and I would say they're very heavily aligned with um dance education having um, that platform, knowing that the whole platform promotion stuff is a whole separate thing, like, just, um, has, has that knowledge while also having room to grow and blah, 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 and having that reflectory point and is still on that journey, um, but yeah, that can be another thing that y'all could reach out to us about, we're definitely doing the costume, episode (laughs) so that'll that'll come sooner than later but yeah just all I'm trying to say is that we 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 keep open ears over here at Mindful Grooving so if you have any questions or things that you're into or you're like go find this person we'll go try to find them and then you know keep the convo going Yeah. yeah interact with us (laughs) <laughs> Alright, any last feelings and thoughts and musings for the people? Oh, just thanks for listening and um, hopefully some part of this connects with you and yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's it. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Bye. Mindful Grooving is an Agoon Artist Collective production hosted by for more information, you can visit us online at agoonarts.org slash productions, or you can just head over to our Instagram at mindfulgrooving. If you want to leave us a message, head over to either Instagram or Agoon Artists and hit up that anchor page, and all you gotta do is press leave a message. We'll also leave that detail in the show notes. Thank you so much, and stay